unfinished possible for a character who they don't want to kill off in Bray Wyatt. Right. And they did the most screwball finish that they could because they had a guy in there with him that didn't know how to pull off what they were trying, the story they were trying to tell. And, and, and I don't, and I, I still can't wrap my head around it. You spend three months, four months building this fiend character yep. through Bray Wyatt. Yep. Uh, and then you get him ready for the possibly the his biggest pay-per-view to date. And it's a clusterfuck. I mean, they were trying to get him over as being... What, tell next. everybody what the hell happened. Let, let's just go through it from the top to, I mean, top okay, to finish. From, from top, top to bottom, I mean, first of all, they had it. The match was being competed under red lights for God knows what reason. Who knows? I mean, unless it was established that The Fiend is just that different of a character. And right. granted, because of how the lighting was, he was able to pop up in front of the camera at various times with that mask. And really kind of get over as being the scary looking evil presence of a man. And if you pay attention to the character of Bray Wyatt, the fiend, you, you know, it's supposed to be somebody who is kind of tormented by this fiend guy who he transforms into without even realizing it. It's almost like it's a split personality for him. Okay. Okay. So he's in the ring, he's facing Seth, and Seth is hitting him with everything possible. He hit him with four or five of his finisher, the curve stomps. He was hitting them with super kicks and nothing is able to put him away. He goes for the pin, one count kick out, one count kick out, one count kick out. And there's nothing wrong with that because you're establishing Bray as being able, almost supernatural, able to take any and everything that's thrown at him, which is okay. We need another guy like that. We need another Undertaker. We need another Kane because we don't have those anymore. Okay. So, there's nothing wrong with having him be that guy. Okay. Problem was, and what they were trying to do was make it look like Seth was slowly losing his mind and snapping because he couldn't put Bray away. So he starts okay. throwing chairs at him and hits him with multiple chair shots to the head, which the right. WWE has gotten away from. Granted, these were very protected because he was down on the mat. He was able to hit the mat to get the sound and not really hit Bray right on the noggin, but it looked damn good. And unless you know what yeah. you're looking for, you, it looked as real as real could be. Okay. Multiple chair shots. Then he buries him under chairs and he buries him under a ladder and he goes out and he grabs a sledgehammer. Now, fans who have been watching forever, they know the sledgehammer is, is Triple H's trademark. That's neither here nor there. But... Triple H has never had a match stopped in the Hell in a Cell because he used it. Right. But in the main, the referee in the meantime is over there at the Fiend, and he's going, hey, I need you to move. Show me some kind of movement. Show me something that you're alive and you're able to compete. And he's not right. moving. And he tells Seth, don't do it. Don't you hit him. Do not do this. Don't do it. Seth hits him with the sledgehammer. All of a sudden, the match is called. Okay. That left the fans, me even as a viewer at home, going, why a DQ? That's what you assume was a finish, was a DQ. And you're going, Hell in a Cell doesn't end in a DQ. Never that, that That's my question to you. Since, since when is that 
a valid finish for a Hell in a Cell. I thought it was uh, a fight to the finish. It's supposed to be. That's where be, every, yeah. most fans right now are so upset is because they're going, Hell in a Cell is supposed to be until basically one man dies or whatever happens, happens. You don't end a match for no reason. Now, okay. let me ask you a question. Did WWE, now this is Sunday night. Did WWE address this on Monday Raw? They did not. They and so they they completely swept it. They they addressed the fact that they that the fiend had left Seth Rollins laid out at the end of the show, but they didn't address anything else. And I mean, here's what I was gonna say. It says a lot when you have a group of fans, and I'm not just talking your smart mark fans, I'm talking a group of fans chanting refund, refund, refund. Yeah, you know, the cameras are still on. It's the the ones that were chanting AEW. As somebody said to me, that's nothing more than than a five year old having a tantrum, not getting what they want. Yeah, okay. I want to see Bray Wyatt get strapped with the belt. I get it. I myself did too. I love Bray Wyatt. I love the character. I think everything he does is is phenomenal. Okay, but they part of their problem was again. Seth Rollins did not get across that he was going crazy, that, that Bray had gotten into his head that much. He was basically willing to try to kill the man to get the end him. Right. Had he done that, I think a whole different story would have been told. Right. But you, you had fans that were chanting refund. You had other ones chanting AEW. You had other ones saying restart the match. At which point I myself thought, okay, they may actually call an audible and restart this damn thing because of, I mean, they went off the air and I have not heard them go off the air like this except for when Roman had won the Royal Rumble that everybody thought Daniel Bryan should have won a couple of years ago. Right. And I mean, they went off the air with their fans booing, booing them out of the arena pretty much. Wow. That's, that is a, I mean, that right there should have said, okay, go back to the drawing board. We did something wrong. And I hope that they can regroup from it. I hope. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think that it hurt the Fiend's character. If anything, it hurt Seth Rollins. I think now more and more fans are not going to be. He was starting to lose momentum. And now yeah. I think they're really going to shit on him. I really do. I, I can see the fans really turning on him because of this. Well, and it's interesting because I'm seeing now something in WWE that I haven't seen in a long time, which is a return to characters. Now, The Fiend is the first character we've seen since Finn Balor's uh, demon character. Yep. Uh, other than that, the wrestlers are pretty well straight up wrestlers. That with you know, there's not much character to them. No, but they're trying to get more and more established. Well, if you if you if you want those people that you had before to come back, wouldn't it make sense to give them something that's familiar? Give them more characters. I mean, there's a re there's a reason why the Rock and Austin got the biggest pops of the whole week. They're characters. There you go. I mean, and the fans know who they are. Yeah. They are invested in them as a character. But you can't. You... Why Hogan and Flair pop like they did? Not because just because they're legends. Well, yeah, but let's be honest, Jeff. 
you know, Hulk Hogan is 66 years old. Ric yeah, Flair, right. 71. Yeah. The Rock is 50. Steve Austin is 55. Now, now, I will say, hold up. A little bit of news that did come out. Okay. Edge, they have cleared and ready for a comeback. And I, and I totally, I'm going to shit on it. No, I'm all for it. I'm not, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Because they're relying on old school to pull them out of the hole they dug. All they had to do but, was keep up with the times. That they did, but see, here's part of their problem, too, that they have always been able to do in the past that they were not able to do this time. Okay. And they were only able to do it with one guy this time. Is In the past, you've always been able to have certain guys pass the torch. Okay. Say, here is the next heir apparent, or at least on their way out, the fans could tell who the next in line was going to be. In, in the mid-90s, when Hogan left, there wasn't quite anybody established. However, you did have some new guys that were on the come up by the name of The Rock, by the name of Triple H, by the name of Austin, by the name of Mankind. They were all chomping at the bit, ready to take over. Okay, I'll give you that. That being said, they all went down with injury other than Triple H. None of them were able to truly pass that ball to the next guy. Not well, even, but in fairness, though, Triple H got a pass. It's pretty clear why he got a pass. Well, no, I, I, I agree. But he still never has had that one match to where he put somebody over so strong to where they're like, okay, this is the next guy. Right. Okay. So you're bringing well, he, Edge went down with injury. Edge had to retire when he didn't even want to. So you're bringing... Well, he's kind of broken neck well i understand i'm not taking away why they had to go out yeah <laughs> yeah but austin they've even cleared to come back for a couple matches so what you do is you program these guys and i get what you are saying but you program these older guys that the fans want to see again okay the they are used to seeing and you put okay. them in the right matches with the right guy and you have them lay down to whoever it is to kind of really establish them as being that next star. Do you think that the egos involved are going to honestly let them put a young 24, 25-year-old kid over? I do because I think that they a lot of the, the egos involved know they have a respect for this business that they're going to continue to respect and they're going to respect that that has always been the way, is that you lay down on your way out kind of thing. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something I rarely do. I'm going to retract my statement. Okay. Okay. I'm going to unshit on Edge. I'm going to take my shit back. All right. I say Edge can come back if it's for a limited run. That's all I'm talking. And, and if he and if he puts a kid over and gets out again, and the same with Austin. What's wrong with with Edge? Let's just say that he's got it in him for a two or three year run. Oh, I'm not even talking two three years. I'm talking about a year or less. 
I mean, I, I agree. Austin's going to be a year or less. We already know that. Well, yeah. I mean, the guy's in his mid-50s. Mm -hmm. Or close to his 53, 54 at I least. Mean, if, you, if you have Austin, I don't care if it's Roman. I don't care if it's Seth. I don't care who he faces. If you have Austin on his way out toasting the guy, beer clinking, and him bowing out of the ring and kind of leaving that guy in there. Right. If the fans still shit on that person, then fuck the fans. Because that's Austin saying, hey, he's got it. That's whoever's saying, hey, they got it. They're, you know, right. this is the heir apparent. Are the fans smart enough to realize that? Fans these days don't want to be told what they should do because they don't like feeling like they're being told or manipulated. Well, and that's funny you say that because the way wrestling used to work and what made it so great was that you manipulated the fan without them knowing they were being manipulated. Well, exactly. And you made them believe. You made them want to come back. Thank you. you. The believability, the suspension of disbelief. And, and, and now that that, and that doesn't exist anymore, Jeff, because everybody's smart now. Well, it does, though. Or they think does. they're smart. Let's put it that there way. You there you go. That's part of the problem is they think that they are. And fans would rather. And, and, and yes, I'm talking your modern fans that go to a wrestling show. They would rather go there to see what kind of chant that they can have when they used to be back in the day. Yay, boo. And I may have a sign that says, hey, go eat a big, you know, whatever. Yeah. And now they all want to go, this is awesome. You yep. deserve it. It's the same chant. Fill in the blank with whatever words. There you go. It's if they're older than you deserve it, if it's. You know, a match that happens to go 20 minutes with a lot of leg slapping involved, as I like to say. Yeah, exactly. They're going to get a this is awesome chant. Right. I mean, if, if uh, you know, if they're really going at it, a fight forever, I mean, it never changes. And I think that the fans these days think that they all need to be a critic, and they don't. Sit back, watch it, enjoy it. Learn how to be a fan again. Not everybody needs to be a critic. Not everybody's meant to be one. So now whose responsibility is it to re-educate the fans to be fans? And how do you get people like Dave Meltzer to shut his fucking mouth? Mm. I don't I, know how to get Dave Meltzer to shut his mouth. I really don't. I wish I did because I would have done it years ago. I mean, to me, Dave Meltzer's done a, more of a disservice for this business than he's done a good. Thank you. Um, because, again, every fan now feels like they got to be a critic. And because they have social media at their hands and their disposal, they want to judge every match. They want to say, oh, that was a five-star classic. Who's yeah. to say? I may have enjoyed... I mean, back in the day, I may have enjoyed a PN News match for all you know. That, to me, may have been a four-star classic. Right. He He's the shits in a lot of people's eyes, but he may have been the shit to me. I may have really enjoyed him. Yeah. And these days, I mean, I can't imagine if... I'll say this. If I was a dad taking my kid or my nephew again 
to a wrestling show and I had fans telling me or telling my son, screw you for liking Roman Reigns, I'm going to turn around and tell you, no, go F yourself. My son has every right to like and support who he wants. Exactly. You, know, you want me to tell you the difference? My son loves just sitting here and watching the spectacle go on around him. You right. want to sit there and, and tell him why he's wrong for liking that guy. Why not just sit exactly. back and enjoy a match? I don't think that they know how to anymore. I think a lot of fans, they want to look at it with such a critical eye. And I, and, and well, I know the, that it's... The problem I have is that everybody, and you know, maybe this is just my opinion, but I am of the mind that all wrestling fans, I should say all, a lot of wrestling fans... Are fucking experts, quote unquote experts. Oh, yeah. Everybody's an expert. Yeah. And nobody knows shit. And the people who know are keeping their mouths shut because they just don't want to argue with anybody. Because it does you no good when you're actually in the know and you know what you're looking at and you know and you can appreciate a match for being a classic and you can sit back yeah. and go, you know what, these two really just went at it balls to the wall and really delivered. Yeah, I mean, you you can look, you and me, having been affiliated, here's the difference, and here it is, and fans hate being told this. When you're not in the business, you have no right to be a critic of it. And I hate to say it like that. I really, really do. And that's it. my, I that's the it. biggest problem I have with Dave Meltzer. Is I, I, I hate to be that guy because it sounds like we're the angry man shaking our fist and going... You know, you young punks don't know what you're talking about. No. But until you actually step in that ring, and I don't care if you're a referee or you set the ring up, until you actually see it from another set of eyes yeah. and truly see it from another set of eyes and just sitting there and watching it and nitpicking every little thing about it, yeah. you don't know what you're looking at. You don't even know really what you're watching. You well, and that, that's a good point. Because I think why, and I'm, I'll be honest with you, I was one of these guys, you know, I want my wrestling back. Now yep. it's, I got my wrestling back. The same fist. Here's what I think the difference is. AEW came out of the jump, controlling everything from start to finish. Yep. Okay? They trained their fans... How to respond before they ever hit television. Very true. Then now, you can't do that with WWE. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. No, no matter how bad you want right? to. AEW has the advantage because they're brand new. And they can teach their fans the kind of fan we expect. That's what I'm getting at right there. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. So, okay, now. Walk me through from Sunday to Monday. So no mention is made on Monday Night Raw. Well, you would think that they would be all over that referee story. Yeah. And they blew an opportunity to have the referee explain why he did what he did. They blew an opportunity, period, to explain why the match went down the way that it did. Right. And so now it's going to be interesting to see 
if if it's talked about on any other WWE programming this week, because they all they're all tied into each other. Um, I don't think that it will. I think that that they. They won't mention it again until they bring the Fiend character back and whatever you know, whatever whatever they do with that. Okay. I think right right now, your main their main focus is Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury, bo- the boxer Tyson Fury. Yeah, I know who he is. Um, who who hopped the railing basically and challenged Braun to a match. Um, and those two went off on Monday Night Raw, uh, in a pull apart. Um. And then I think over on on SmackDown, your your story that you're going to be getting told right now is the Kane, Vasquez, and uh, and, and Brock Lesnar. This, that that being your main storyline. Okay. And then, um, I mean, let's not forget, history was made Sunday night at the pay per view. Also, Charlotte Charlotte Flair became a ten time Women's World Champion, and I know that seems like. A lot for her in her young career, but it says a lot of, of, of what they have as far as faith in her. Um, yeah, and it does, but and I also have a problem with that. I have a problem, but and I have a problem with John Cena being the 16 time champion. I have a problem with Ric Flair being the 21 time champion or whatever he is. Here's my problem a heavyweight title is not something you pass back and forth like it's a prop like it's a toy it's in other words oh no it should have of the title should i'll give you a perfect example and you'll understand this because you know the history bruno san martino seven and a half years Okay, held the title from 1963, okay, yep. till 1984, four different times, only four. Now, that makes him a four-time champion, okay? I would actually say they only give him credit for two. Thank you, as they should have, because his reign was split into two eras. The 60s and the 70s. Right. He held it for a brief time in the early, early 80s for a cup of coffee, and then they gave it, I forgot who took it after that, but maybe Bob Backlund. Maybe Bob Backlund. Well, I was going to say Bob Backlund. Or Superstar Graham. Superstar Graham was in 1979 till 1980. Okay, I thought it was 80, but yeah, close enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the difference is, though, is these days the fans would not know what to do if a champion held that belt longer than a year. Why? I don't know. I mean, other than them just being a microwave society. You see, that's the problem, Jeff. It would add credibility to keep the belt on one man for a longer time or or one woman for a longer time than switching it off every week. And the other problem I have is they have too many damn titles. They got the Tuesday night champion. Yeah. The, the Wednesday afternoon champion. 
the, the five o'clock from five o'clock to six o'clock champion. The twenty-four hour a day champion. What the fuck is all this shit? I I mean, uh you you need your raw champion, you need a SmackDown champion, at least in their eyes. World champion be the world champion. Because I mean that would make more sense. I see here here's part of the problem. When I grew if you said who's the world champion, you said Bruno. Oh yeah, and when I and, and when I grew up, you said who's the world champion? You either said Hogan or Ric Flair. I mean, it was you know Flair had or Hogan had it four and a half years. Oh, Flair well, held it two and a half. Jeff, you're you're a buddy. You're a buddy. Ivan Koloff. Okay. Yep. Your friend Ivan, rest in peace. He held the championship three weeks. Three weeks, but for three weeks. You knew who the world champion was. Absolutely. And these days... And after that, you still knew him as the world champion. Well, part of the problem, though, is you don't have them traveling as that world champion and making appearances on TV shows and everything like you did back then and press conferences. You mentioned something last week that Rick... I think Rick Flair was the last of the traveling champions. Yes, that's... Yep. Okay. Now, my understanding is that his job was to go to the smaller territories, uh, make the local hero look good, um, take a couple of bumps, leave with the belt, mm -hmm. and pop the town for a while. He may he would make the other guy look like they were going to beat him, whether it was a one-two bell rings. Yeah. You, whatever, but yeah. And so why did they eliminate the traveling champion if it worked so well? I mean, you had, look, Dory Funk Jr. Because because they did away with the territories and all you have was Crockett. And Crockett had nobody to answer to anymore. Who's he going to have? Who's he going to have Flair go into an independent at the back in, in 1989 and defend it? Well, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. You have a great territory now. It's called the country. You could have that champion go from state to state. Am I wrong? I, I think right now what you're getting ready to maybe see is Billy Corgan with the NWA world title. I think okay. he's going to try to start that up again um, where he's going to have the NWA world champion going around and defending it at various independents in various areas and defending his world title. And who is that champion now? Is it still Nick Aldis? It is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that there's potential there. I don't think that you're gonna see an AEW or a WWE world title ever get defended on that kind of level. They could, but you're not gonna because they need them every week on TV to at least be seen with that championship. The last time the yeah. WWE even tried, remotely tried something like that was, and not having him being a, 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 a defending world champion per se, but was when they had Brock Lesnar as a Raw world champion, and he was just going in there and just mauling whoever he faced within, you know, five to ten minutes, whatever it was. And okay, then, let me ask you a question. Here, here's something, this is something I want you to think about because it's important. And it was, it was important to you growing up, and it was important to me growing up. 
tell me your opinion and explain how you think, if, if you think, the future of the house show business will change. When you and I grew up. Oh, when we, you and I grew up, everything was driven by house shows. Thank you very much. You went to the local arena. Yeah. You bought your ticket and yep. you watched a hell of a show. Um, I don't ever see that happening again because they've gotten away from doing job matches. They've gotten away from you tuning in and, and learning who somebody is and however they are or who they are because they go right. in and they squash somebody in two or three minutes. Okay. That establishes the character and therefore you may okay. go. Um, we'll just say we'll use Cody and, and Chris Jericho because they're getting ready to face at the pay per view. But you may say, Man, that Cody Rhodes, that kid, man, he's on the come up. And you would have him and Jericho do some kind of scuffle to set up their, you know, their big title match and, you know, around the, around the, around the house shows, you know, right? I mean? But you can't, you no longer have your guys being established by job matches and therefore when you put on your house shows you're putting all those matches that fans want to see because now you're giving away those those same house show matches you're giving away on free tv so why do i need to go to my local house show unless it is because i'm a diehard fan right why am i going to go and spend 50 100 100 or 200 dollars whatever it is to go to a local house show when I don't really need to, when the title ain't going to change hands unless it's on TV or probably a pay-per-view. But think about out. this now. Th think about something. AEW premiered on TNT. They had almost 15,000 people. Yep. 14,700. Yep. In an arena. Yeah. Okay, that's a house show with television. Yeah. Okay, the WWE premiered on Fox in a 15,000-seat arena. Yep. Okay, that's a house show with television. These days, though, people don't show up unless they know it's going to be TV and lights, camera, action, glamour, and all that. But, but that takes away, for me, that takes away from the intimate feel of a a professional wrestling show in a big arena with screaming fans, popcorn vendors, hot dogs, the whole bit. And, and, and I would say this, if, and, and I, I mean, it's not me talking down about the bigger products, but if you want that, you don't go to a, a house show like that anymore. You need to go to your independent show. And, 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 I, and believe it or not, I do. And that's where you're going to get that feel. And I thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, I would highly recommend anybody, if you are a fan of just a wrestling show, find your local independent promotion, whoever they may be. Right. See if they're worth a damn. If well, well, here's a, here's a question. Now, you you did a show Saturday, right? I sure did. Yeah. Yep. This okay. Year. So you you worked. Uh, let me ask you a question about that. 
Let me start off by asking you, how many people were in attendance? A couple of hundred, maybe? Oh, yeah, about 250. Okay, so you had 250 people yep. that paid probably 20 bucks a pop to get in. Yeah, 20 to 25, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a, several thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. You paid your boys. Oh, yeah. You paid yep. your staff, yep. right? Yeah. You paid yourself, I hope. Want my promotion, but yeah, I got paid. Okay, good. As long as they put some some bread in your pocket. Yep, yep. When you're at an indie show like that, and you're close to the action, and you're in a smaller venue, isn't there more of that old school feel? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. It's more intimate. It's more old school. It's more. I mean, I, 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 even me doing security, I'm more leery of those fans than I am of going to a regular, regular WWE event because our fans are, are more likely to be what you used to see, that old lady sitting there in that front row that has her hairpin ready to go stab somebody with it because they take it that serious. And I'm not True. just talking VCW, I'm talking independent fans in general. I mean, you, they, you will have your diehards that they haven't been to wrestling or a wrestling show since the 1980s. Yeah. And yeah. now all of a sudden they're able to go to one and they're like, woo! And, and they're flashing back to the 1980s again or whatever. Well, I've noticed, though, that heel heat is still very much alive and well on the indies. There you go. There you go. And there's on the indies, there's still baby faces and heels. On the big show, on AEW and WWE, I don't maybe more so in AEW, it's easier to tell the difference. But in WWE, you would be very hard pressed to find the baby face. I will say this: here's Am I am I wrong? No, you're not. And here's the difference, though. Fans these days that go to an AEW or a WWE show, they just choose, if you're a bad guy, for whatever reason, the heels tend to get the baby face pops. Okay. The baby faces tend to get booed for being a traditional baby face and, you know, here, let me hug your babies and kiss your grandmoms and whatever. Right. Those no longer exist. It's better to be the cool guy heel and get the that, that kind of pop. And the roles have reversed. I'll say this. I challenge this. I don't know that the that wrestlers that are on that level know how to be a heel or are that's, willing. That's a very good point. I don't that's know that's a very good point. Willing to be a heel. Baron Corbin is a traditional heel right now. Yes, and he plays it to the hilt. And he is willing to sit there and have you say up yours and he'll turn around and say yeah well i made more money today than your grandma or your dad's gonna make in a week you know I want you to think about what happened friday night i want you to think about what happened friday night and you'll understand where i'm going with this the rock came out to a thunderous ovation two and a half minutes they applauded and yeah. and cheered. okay that's before yep. he ever opened his mouth. Yep. Then Baron Corbin comes out. The Rock gives Becky Lynch the rub. 
But he also gives Baron Corbin the rub. People don't realize that. The fact that he acknowledged Baron Corbin gave him the rub. And when he put the smackdown on him, the proverbial laying the smackdown, he validated Baron Corbin as a true heel because The Rock can never go ever back to being a heel. He'll always be babyface. There you go. So if The Rock can do that in an instant like that, then where have our baby faces gone? The fans don't know how to react to a traditional baby face and let them be a real baby face to get over on that level. But they did it with The Rock. Why? I, I think be, there's a level of respect that they hit to where they're going to pop for you no matter what you do. Yeah. And, I mean, in all honesty, The Rock could have come out there and been like, to hell with you guys here in Sacramento. Y'all can suck a big one. And they would have still popped. Right. I, I, I think that the fans of these days, when instead of letting somebody get over organically, yeah. as soon as they realize that somebody's starting to take off and, and starting to get that push and they're starting to get over, mm-hmm. the fans start to turn on them. Instead of letting that happen, and then they go to where, okay, yeah, we can let the roof blow off the place with this guy. I mean, they they would rather boo a guy out of the building for the for. It's like this: the fans notice that they want somebody to all of a sudden get pushed. Then they get the push, and then they go, "Oh, boo! Y'all suck for pushing them." Well, look what happened with Roman Reigns. Uh, that's that, that famous. You know, Black Black Friday in Philadelphia. I mean, Roman had everything. He had it. They were pushing him slowly. He was with the shield. They didn't need to turn him, but whatever. He was still getting over. And then as soon as the fans realized, oh, this is the new heir apparent to John Cena. Nope. Right. It didn't matter about the fact that two weeks prior that they were cheering their asses off for the motherfucker. Right. So now all of a sudden, because you're telling us that we got to like him, screw you, we don't. Well, tell everybody what happened with Roman in Philadelphia at the pay-per-view. At the pay-per-view, Roman got booed out of the building because... Exactly. In Philly. They... And... and, and I mean, but Philly... To be fair, Philly also threw snowballs at Santa Claus years ago at a football game. <laughs> so yes, yes, we did. I mean, uh, I mean, Philly fans can be ruthless. Uh, they, in, 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 I mean, traditionally they do know what they like as far as their wrestling goes. They know who's hot. They know who's not. And they don't like being told who to. To boo for and who to cheer for. But here, here's what's even funnier. Is if you were to actually fast forward from that date in Philly. When Roman got booed out of the building. Mm-hmm. He won the belt like nine or ten months later in Philly. He, they, they strapped him for the it, first time. Exactly. And they rose to their feet and popped. And yeah, gave him a stamp location. I mean so much so. Like after the cameras went off the air. 
he got on the mic and he said, I love you, Philly. Y'all make no damn sense to me, but I love each and every one of you. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, that yeah. right there is true acknowledgement. You know what I mean? You like, want to tell you something, brother. Philly fans are the most fickle. I, all of our teams here, I don't care if it's wrestling, the Phillies, the Eagles, the 76ers, it, uh, the Flyers, it doesn't matter. They're, they will love you and hate you on a dime. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're right. They threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Okay. And, and I, I you know, I, I'll, I'm going to circle back around and then I think we better get ready here to wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, we'll wrap it up, brother. Um, but what I was going to say is, you know, you're right as far as a toothpaste can't go back in the tube. But I think you're finding more and more fans that are wanting to enjoy wrestling again. Right. That that don't want to sit there and be part of the in crowd, that don't want to be part of the in joke, that want to just sit back and watch wrestling yeah. and go, you know what? This is cool. I want to cheer this guy because I like his look. I like the way he wrestles. I like whatever about him. And I, I think that's what you're going to find more and more of as opposed to the fans, I say this, the internet fans only make up a small, small majority of the actual real wrestling fan. And right. yet the internet fans also have the loudest voice that tends to be heard the loudest. I can't explain it. I never will be able to explain it. I've tried to make sense of it in my own little pea brain, and I can't because it's just, well, I, if, I don't if, get how that makes sense of it. Please let me know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, if, if anybody can explain to me why the internet fans tend to be the smallest majority of fans or minority of fans of maybe 10 to 15% of the wrestling fan community, and yet they make up the loudest voice. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I but I do think that with AEW um, and even NXT, you know, and the resurgence of wrestling period, I think you're going to start seeing more and more of those fans that just watch it just to watch. Yeah. And I agree. And, and I think you're going to start seeing, I, I, I watch, mark my words, you're going to start seeing more and more signs coming out. That's one thing I, yeah, I've noticed is there's, yeah. not near, there's not nearly the amount of signs that they there used to be. There used to be a Rock and Roll Express or my favorite tag team. And now it's, well, I, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because the AEW, there was a considerable number of signs at AEW. I noticed that myself. And they, oh. they actually uh, encouraged people coming to the show that night to bring your signs with you. I mean, to me, if, to me, if you're that smart fan and you want to try to get whatever your voice to be heard, why not put whatever you're wanting to say up there on a sign and put a hashtag behind it? Right. And start trending worldwide because of it. Exactly. As opposed to, let's see if we can hijack this show with this chant. But well, uh, brother, uh, it is, we're about an hour and a half into this. I'll tell you what, sir. we'll, uh, uh, after we go off the air, don't go anywhere. So uh, I will say goodbye to everyone. So just give me a moment. And, uh, well, you heard it from Jeff the ref. Uh, he's the man. He knows. That's why he's right. here. Everyone, you take it easy. It was my pleasure talking to you, Angela. Good night.
My Love pleasure. Take care, Jeff. We'll see everybody next week. All right. Same time, same station. You got, you got it. it. Good night, everybody. Good night.